Okay, so today I'll talk about Jonah. So Jonah was a messenger of God, and God chooses his name to be Jonah because um, his name means pigeon or dove, which can also be translated as a messenger. Um, in Matthew 10, verse 16, it says, Be harmless as doves. Throughout the Bible, we learn four things about doves. They're harmless, kind, they spread peace, like how Noah sent the dove out of the ark for look to look for a place to rest. And um, it represents the Holy Spirit, like um, when the dove came down on Jesus when he was being baptized. Uh, we would expect those characteristics to be in Jonah, as his name means dove, but unfortunately um, Jonah showed none of those characteristics. Instead, Jonah disobeyed God. He didn't follow what he had asked. So we asked, why did God um, even put this book in the Bible? So this book teaches us what a, mess a good messenger should look like. And this warning us that if we want to serve God, we have to obey him, and um, especially if he puts a responsibility on you. So we believe this book is written um, by Jonah, even though it's written in third person. We read at the start of Jonah that he is the son of Amittai in a town called Gathepa near um, Nazareth, which later came to be known as Galilee. Um, this is from 2 Kings 14 verse 25. So the book is part of the Minor Prophets and was written sometime between um, 793 and 756 BC. So um, Jonah, Obadiah, and Nahum were all targeted at the Gentiles. And yeah, so Jonah paid a fare to leave God's presence, but instead paid the price for his sins. And we learn that no price is worth getting out of God's presence, and there's no satisfaction, no um, protection, and no peace outside of God. So if we could turn to Matthew 12, um, 39 to 41. But he answered and said to them, An evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign, and no sign will be given to except of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be, will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The man of Nineveh will rise up in judgment with the generation and condemn it. Because we repented at the preaching of Jonah, and Indeed, a greater than Jonah is here. So here we can see the relationship between God and Jesus. Um, Jonah was in the valley for three days with the big fish, and Jesus was in the tomb for three days. So we, so there are four chapters in Jonah, and they can be divided up into sections. So chapter one talks about focuses on running from God. So here we see the first commission of Jonah and the results of disobedience. So Jonah's fear and pride caused him to run from God and, ref and he refuses to go to Nineveh where evil was happening throughout their land and instead he boards a ship to Tarshish um, which is in the opposite direction. So in chapter 2 it focuses on running to God. Um, in this chapter Jonah prays to God from the belly of the big fish and starts to communicate with God again. So Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. Jonah repents of his sins to God, and the fish vomits him up onto dry land. This, um, then Jonah makes a 500-mile trip to Nineveh and leads the city to a great revival. So in chapter 3, it focuses on running with God, the second commission of Jonah, and the results of obedience. 
So Jonah went to the city of Nineveh, and the city would have taken three days to walk through, but only one day, he only walked through one day and shouted, yet 40 days and Nineveh will be overthrown. So the, the people of Nineveh believed Jonah's message, and then the message eventually got to the king, and the king told all of Nineveh to repent. So in chapter 4, it focuses on running against God. This chapter shows more of the um, shows Jonah being prejudiced towards the Ninevites and the lesson that God teaches Jonah. So God is displeased with um, so Jonah is displeased instead of being thankful when Nineveh repents. But God shows mercy towards the Ninevites, and Jonah learns his lesson when God uses the tree and the worm to to show Jonah that he is a merciful God and does and does not want to destroy anyone. So, this book can be summed up in four key verses, if we could read them together. So, the first one is Jonah, chapter 1, verse 3. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going towards Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. And the second verse is Jonah, chapter 1, verse 17. Now, now the Lord had prepared Jonah a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly for three, for three days and three nights. And the fourth one is um, chapter 2, verse 2. And he said, I cried out to the Lord because of my um, affliction, and he answered me, Out of the belly of Shiloh I cried, and you heard my voice. And the last one is Jonah chapter 3, verse 10. Then God saw their works, that they turned that they turned their evil ways, and God relented from the disaster that he said he would bring upon them. And he did not do it. So, yeah, that's Jonah. It's a pretty amazing prayer, that chapter 2 prayer. Isn't that that he prays from the belly of the fish. And like you referenced that verse about the Lord Jesus being in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. Yeah. Yeah, and it's sort of like, I mean, prophetically, it's sort of speaking about the feelings of the Lord Jesus on, on the cross in his death. Um, and Jonah was basically in a place of death. Um, and you can really get some beautiful thoughts like the Psalms do they paint sort of a picture of the feelings of the Lord Jesus in his sufferings and this chapter 2 is um, really amazing that too uh, similar the feelings of Christ in his sufferings I think it's, it's so amazing the difference between Jonah and Esther while in Esther we don't have the mention of God and God is overruling in, in the story of Esther, but here in Jonah, God is overruling as well. And I just want to read some of the interesting things that we find here. Because, for example, if we go to chapter 1, verse 4, it says, Jehovah sent out a great wind upon the sea. So Jehovah was in control of that wind. And then if we go down to verse 17, it says, Jehovah prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. 
So Jehovah was in control of that fish. And if we go then, uh, chapter 2, verse 3, it says, For thou didst cast me into the depth. So basically, God was in control of the life of Jonah um, along the whole story. And if we go down again uh, in, in verse 10, it says, Jehovah commanded the fish, and it vomited out, and so on, in chapter 3 and chapter 4 as well. So it's so beautiful that God is in control of all the experiences that Jonah suffered, and that's the same with us as believers. God is in control of everything, and even the commandment that God gave to Jonah twice to go to Nineveh, and how beautiful that to this unfaithful prophet, God saved more than a hundred thousand people. So it's like, it's so encouraging that God can use us as unprofitable servants. Um, and it's amazing that he's in control of everything and the messages from God. And, and it's, it's so beautiful to see God in control of everything in, in, in the story of Jonah. So Nineveh, Nineveh is the capital city of Assyria. And they were, they were enemies of Israel to the north. Um, and so I guess you could, you could understand that Jonah didn't want these enemies of Israel to repent. I mean, they were the kingdom that was going to take or destroy the northern kingdom of Israel. So they, they came in, the Assyrians, and they, yeah, they basically took away captive all of the northern kingdom of Israel. So you can, I don't know, you sort of, um, you can understand what his thoughts were towards them, and especially him being a prophet and, and perhaps having an idea about what was going to happen um, or what was going to come to pass in the future, that this enemy of Israel would repent and be that God would be merciful to them. It's been said that uh, Jonah was the most successful prophet, but his heart wasn't in it. Um, all he said was, 40 days Nineveh shall be overthrown. I mean, um, what type of preaching would that be that causes a whole nation uh, to repent and for God to save them? Um, but Jonah, uh, his heart obviously was not there. He wasn't um, in it. Uh, the other thing, he was one of two people that requested God uh, to take his, uh, their lives. Him and another one ages ago, Elijah, for their own reasons too. Not for God's purposes or for God's thoughts of mind um, uh, that they had, but for their own reasons. They wanted to... Um, have their lives taken, but God is merciful, and He chose not to. Uh, um, he chose not to uh, take them up on their request. It really just highlights how good the heart of God is. Like, people often complain about how God is unjust for some reason. You know, oh, if God was so good, then why does He let this happen? Or why is this happening? Why is the world like it is? Um, but Jonah highlights the fact that God's heart is so merciful and so good towards man. More than our own hearts, we'd be ready to judge where we think justice is due. Where we think, yep, yeah, justice needs to be done. 
um, well, God says, well, I'm going to be merciful. And he's the one that is just. He is the one that never, you know, he, if anyone's unjust, it's us. Um, we, we make judgments to our own, um, with our own bias, with, with our own feeble wisdom, our foolishness, really. But God, his heart is good towards man and, and merciful. And yeah, it just highlights that, the, these false claims of people who say that God is unjust. They, yeah, Israel said, said that and Jeremiah actually prophesies to them and says, you say that I'm unjust, you're unjust. And then he tells them how they're unjust. Perhaps if, if we go to Ezekiel 18, that is a beautiful verse um, who speaks about God and His mercy. But what Michael says uh, is Ezekiel 18, verse 23. And it speaks about God and, and His people, but it can be used to, to the the people of Nineveh, because it says, Have I any pleasure at all in the death of the wicked? Says the Lord Jehovah. It is not in his turning from his way that he may live. So it's so precious that the pleasure of God is not in the destruction of the wicked, but his pleasure is when... Uh, it's, it's beautiful, perhaps a contrast in, in the Gospels when it says that when a sinner repents, there is joy in heaven. So how, how beautiful is that God finds pleasure in having mercy upon sinners. And it's perhaps um, encouraging for us to preach the gospel because um, if that sinner repents, it's going to be pleasure in heaven. Um, and I think in heaven was a great pleasure and a, a great uh, a good time when they heard that the whole city of Nineveh was saved. So I think that was a great joy in heaven. 